Good morning, everybody. <laughs> Welcome to Gray Alton Church. My name's Tim, and it's good to have you with us this morning. And I want to say in advance, Happy Thanksgiving. I hope you all have a great Thursday with family and friends, all right? We're in a series called The Red Sea Rules, and uh, we're looking at just some principles we find in Scripture. And you can get this little booklet by a guy named Robert Morgan. Uh, it's called The Red Sea Rules. It covers ten principles that we learn uh, from this event in the uh, that happened at the Red Sea. You know, the Red Sea is, this topic of the Red Sea is a very popular topic in the Bible. You find it in Scripture and it's recalled and, and brought up again and again and again. You find it in the Psalms. You find it in the book of Nehemiah. You find it uh, also in the New Testament. You'll see this reference to the Red Sea. Uh, Stephen, in his speech in Acts 7, talks about the Red Sea. He mentions it uh, uh as as part of his sermon. You also have in 1 Corinthians 10, the Apostle Paul reminding the Corinthians, encouraging them to, to really keep their focus, and he brings up some Old Testament examples, and one in particular he brings up is the Red Sea. And he says that this was written down, this stuff in the Red Sea, was written down as an example for us, that we could learn from this, and we could... Um, be faithful to God because of the lessons we can learn there from the Red Sea. Hebrews 11 talks about the Red Sea by faith. He talks about the people of God walked through the Red Sea uh, on dry ground. So it's a very interesting topic. It must be a very encouraging story. I've called this, I've, I believe the, the Red Sea is to be, is in the Old Testament, is as big a story as the resurrection in the New Testament. It has parallels too as well. And so what have we been learning as we've been looking at the Red Sea rules? Well, as we've studied Exodus 14, and I'd like to encourage you next week, we're going to be looking at Exodus 15. And I'd love to encourage you, would you do this? Would you try to read once a day Exodus 15? Just read that, that song of Moses. It's on praise. And we'll be covering that next week. But uh, we notice we've been learning from chapter 14 and the book of Exodus in general that God is interested in delivering you and I. He's interested in delivering you, but He's also interested in developing you. He, so He's going to bring you to some tight spots or some some uneasy places from time to time on this journey uh, that He calls this path of God that we follow. And He's also this path leads to a destination. So not only is He delivering me, but He also wants to develop me. And He's leading me to a destination, a promised land, if you will a better place. And like any road, like any path, uh, if you if you walk them long enough, you find a twist, a turn, or maybe even a bump or two in the road. In fact, I'll, I've noticed the other day, I was driving down a, a road and there was a sign that said, rough road ahead. And they weren't kidding. It was rough. Shaking everything around, bumping everything around. My van is squeaking, glasses rattling. I think I'm going to lose a tool. You know, it, it, it it's... Uh, it's true, it was a rough road. You guys ever heard of rumble strips? Anybody here know what a rumble strip is? If you're if not if you work for the state of Illinois, it doesn't count. But yeah, a rumble strip is you ever you're driving along and maybe you get off the road and roar, 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 that sound. So you're on the phone. You know, I've got a, I've got hands free and I'm talking to Danny on the phone and I'm going just across the bridge uh, and going into Missouri and for long He's like, so where are you heading? I said, well, I'm heading over to so-and-so. And all of a sudden, roar, 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 roar. He goes, you run off the road, didn't you? Like, How'd you know? I can hear the, the roaring of the little rumble strips. I didn't even know they had a term for this. But they're on roads. And you think, why, they're such annoying. You know, have you ever noticed that sometimes it feels like it drags you even further? Like your tire just drags you, roar, 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 roar. Like somebody goes, hey, Bill, let's make these rumble strips where they'll drag a person in there and they got to fight the wheel to get back on. It'll be fun. Oh, yeah, let's do it. But, you know, the rumble strips are there not to annoy you, not to annoy me. They're there to help me. They're actually there for good. It prevents accidents. It keeps you on the path. And 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 the, And God's journey, His... His path sometimes has these rumble strips in place. And what are they there for? Why do I have these moments where things just seem to go sideways? Or or why does it have to be so hard? I don't know how many times I've said that. Even this week. Why does this have to be so difficult, Lord? I'll pray. And he goes, Tim, because you need to get back on my path. Sometimes 
the, the bump, the twist, the turn brings you back. It makes you jerk the wheel and get back where you belong. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Have you ever learned from a bump, a twist, a turn in your life? And you go, man, actually was a good thing. It actually was a good thing when I thought it was an awful thing. It actually helped me. Well, God uses these bumps in His path for good. Here's a passage in Romans 8, 28 in the, New, in the Living Bible. It says it this way. And we know, in other words, we can be certain of this, that all that happens to us is working for our good if we love God and are fitting into His plans. I love that. All that has happened to us, we know what? All that's happened to us. Who is us? Who, who are the people that God works out for good? Well, those that love God and that are on His path. Now, He's not saying cancer is good. Anybody tells you cancer is good is crazy. He's not saying divorce is good. Now, some of you might say, oh, I don't know, Tim, if you knew my ex. Divorce is a good. God doesn't want us divorcing. He doesn't like that. And, it, and by the way, somebody says, oh yeah, I know God must be upset with me. He hates divorce. Well, of course he hates divorce. He doesn't like it every bit as much as you didn't like it when you were going through it. It's awful. So losing a job, is that supposed to be good? Maybe for the employer, maybe they feel good because you're gone. I don't know. But I don't know. I've, I've never lost a job and I went, oh, that was good at the time. But have you ever had that moment where you look back and go, you know, that was probably good for me. It woke me up. It made me think. It wasn't good at the time. I wouldn't say it was good at the time. But somehow, this has really been a good thing. Because it's made me stronger. It's made me grow up. And so we notice that God is, when we're following on His path, like the Israelites, that we're going to be, as we're walking on His path, we're going to have a twist, a turn, a bump, we're going to have moments where God is going to use even those things as good to bring out His glory. He's going to use crisis at times, a crisis in your life to change you. Yes, to wake you up, but to change you and mature you. And He does it to help you grow. But sometimes, sometimes a crisis, it's just designed just to bring me to my knees. Sometimes something happens to you, something happens to me, and we don't even can't figure quite figure it out, but all of a sudden it just it just makes us go instead of looking, we see it, we see the problem right in front of us, we're looking at it and we're going, Oh my, and for some reason we finish the sentence, Oh my God, and it's almost like a prayer because then we begin to look up a little higher than what's happening, and it causes us to start to pray. At least I hope it does. Look what it says here in Exodus 14. That's what's happening here. This crisis drives the Israelites and Moses to their knees. As Pharaoh approached, it says the Israelites looked up and there were the Egyptians marching after them. They were terrified and cried out to the Lord. See, sometimes God's path will lead us to a tight spot. By the way, when you read chapter 16 of Exodus, you find out that God, after they cross the Red Sea, leads them into the desert. They're in the desert for a while. And they start complaining, moaning in the desert. The Israelites do. It wasn't the only time they'd have a tough time on God's path. But they're in this tight spot, and what do they do? They cry out. Now this is, listen, this isn't a Thanksgiving prayer. You're all going to get around the table, hopefully. This is, you're not going to, you know, this, what we read here, they cry out to God. They're not going, Lord, thank you for the turkey and the yams and the cranberry sauce, and thank you for everybody being here safely. This, this is not a bedtime prayer. Huh? Now I lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to no, that's the, this is not a bedtime prayer. Yeah, this is not even a quiet time prayer. You ever had those moments you got your cup of coffee just right and you got your Bible, it's a perfect verse, and you go, oh God, I love this word. Like David says, why do we get all theatric? Like David says in the book of Psalms, I wait for you to speak to me in the morning. And you do. Like a deer. <laughs> Pants for water. 
I hold on. My soul thirsts for you. This is not that kind of prayer either. Is that a quiet time prayer? No, this is a crying out. I'm in deep doo-doo. A panicky prayer. They're crying out. You ever cried out for somebody? You lose your, you, you, you get separate from the kids at the mall or, or maybe, um, at church or, or, or you're trying to get somebody's attention. Maybe somebody that's older like me that can't hear quite well. You don't go, Tim, Tim, oh, Tim. No, you cry out. Don't you have moments where you do? You cry out? Yeah, that's what's happening here. It's an intense plea. The Bible would call it an earnest cry to God. I mean, what do you tend to do when you're facing a crisis? You really only have a couple of choices. You're either going to panic or pray or both. And that's what happens here in Exodus 14. We see rule number four when facing a crisis. Pray, pray, pray. Why? Why should I pray? Because it's the most powerful approach that you can have when you're facing a crisis. When you're facing a tough time, the most powerful tool you have is the power of prayer. Look at the Bible says here in Psalms 142. I cry out to the Lord. By the way, do a search sometime. Type in cry, cries, cried, plea, pray, and watch all these verses come leaping out at you, okay? Here's Psalms 142. I cry out to the Lord. I pray to the Lord for mercy. I pour out my problems to Him. I tell Him my troubles. The psalmist here, when is the best time to pray? When I'm in trouble. Ephesians 6, look at this passage. This was an eye-opener for me. God's Word is an indispensable weapon. Would you agree with that? Man should not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God, is what Jesus said. Word of God important? Yes. It, well, hearing the Word of God produces faith. We're encouraged by the Word of God. He says, God's Word is an indispensable weapon. In the same way, prayer is essential in this ongoing warfare. Pray hard and long. What's, he, what's, what's Paul saying here to the church at Ephesus? He's saying, my words to God are as essential as His words to me. That my words that I pray to God are just as essential as the words that come from heaven to me, that leap off the pages of His Word. Romans 12 says this, Paul said this to the church in Rome. Be happy in your hope. Do not give up when trouble comes. Do not let anything stop you from praying. Now why would he say that? Don't let anything stop you from praying. On the heels of mentioning trouble. Well, I've got to admit something to you this morning. There's times I stop praying. And I have discovered that there's a lot of times I'm not praying when I'm in trouble. Uh, that I'm not praying when I'm in a crisis. I've had people say this to me. I've, I'll, I'll, I'll talk to them about something that's going on. Like, I don't know what I'm going to do. Got this going on here at work. Got this going on in my family. Got this going on in, in church somewhere. Got this going on personally. And somebody will always ask. Somebody... In that conversation, it happens every time. Have you been praying about it? And you know the real, the truth is? No. You've not, you've not been talking to God about it? No, I've been talking to you about it. I'm talking to you. And I feel better now. What? You feel better? Yeah, I got it off my chest. Don't you want to get it out of your life? Or don't you want to grow from it? Or... And, and, and if talking to somebody, by the way, I'm not denying, listen, I'm not downplaying. It's good to talk to others. It's good to, to, to share the load with each other. Say, look, this is what's going on. I need some help here. Or, or I just need someone to talk to and someone just sits there and listens. That, that's, that's a, that's great. But if I'd feel, if I feel better after talking to someone, how would I feel if I talked to God about it just as much? What would happen? What would happen? 
Don't let anything stop you from praying. You know, no, there's no place in the Bible that tells me, I've never felt encouraged, never stop talking to people. Or never stop gossiping about others. Never stop complaining. Never. No, it's the opposite. It is. Uh, what I'm seeing here is that, is that sometimes that there's things about my prayer life where if I were really honest, I'd find I'm not really praying about that. I'm not really talking about that. I wonder why, you know, in talking to someone this morning, asked me, do you think God hears my prayers? That's a great question. Because sometimes we don't want to pray because we wonder if God's even listening. Or we stop praying because, well, I feel like I've been praying and nothing seems to be happening. Or, I've got it. I don't really need God's help with this. This isn't important enough to talk to God about. I mean, there's a host of reasons why we stop praying. Well, here... In Exodus 14, we learn a valuable lesson, and and we learn it. We, we're encouraged today, like the people in Nehemiah's day, and the people in Joshua's day, and the people in the day of the Lord, and the people uh, during the time of the Apostle Paul. They keep bringing up what's happened at the Red Sea, and they keep bringing up this idea of prayer at the Red Sea, because I believe God wants us never to forget, when there's a crisis, I can help you. All you just need to do is talk to me. Don't stop praying. So I asked this question to myself, what can I expect when, when I keep praying in my crisis? What can I expect if I, if I don't let anything stop me from praying, even in my crisis? Because sometimes we get discouraged in our crisis or we give up. We just think, what, what's the point? Or we, we don't think God's going to really do anything. Or we don't see a way or an answer or any way of, of this ever going away. God gave me these three points on the way to church last Sunday. And I want to share them with you now, okay? What can I expect when I keep praying in my crisis? Number one, I can expect God to listen. If you're praying right now through a tough time, God is listening to you. He hears you. When Nehemiah was rededicating the wall of Jerusalem, they had rebuilt it, he says these words to the people there. These are generations later. You saw, he says, he's praying to God. He says, God, Lord, you saw the misery of your ancestors in Egypt and you heard their cries from beside the Red Sea. Like I said, let me ask you, you've been talking to your friends about it. You've been complaining to people about it. You've been talking to everybody that you can think of about it. You even talk to yourself in the mirror about it. Have you been talking to the Lord about it? Is prayer your first resort? Or is it your last? See, the book of Exodus reveals this. When God's people call out to Him, He listens. And he hasn't changed. He still listens when his people call out to him. There's a passage up on the screen I want you to see in Exodus 2. After a long time, the king of Egypt died. The people of Israel groaned because they were forced to work very hard. When they cried for help, God heard them. God heard their cries and remembered the agreement he had made with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He saw the troubles of the people of Israel and he's con- and he was concerned about them. God listens to his people when they're in trouble. You don't have to be perfect for God to hear you. You don't have to have a perfect prayer for God to hear you. You understand me? A problem might by the way, all you got to have is a perfect problem. And they're they're all over the place. He will hear you when you're going through trouble. Why? Because you matter. He sees what you're going through and He's concerned about you too. He's not sitting there going, okay, just keep, you know, keep begging, keep begging. I love it when you beg. He's not doing that. He's listening. The Bible says, what does it say in First Peter? Cast all your cares on Him for He cares for you. There's nothing too big, nothing too small that God doesn't want to hear about. 
from your lips. And it's hard for God to hear you when you're not talking to Him. But every time you do, you can count on Him to be listening. Why? Because He remembers, like it says there in Exodus 2, He remembers His promise He made. He remembers it. He remembers the promise He made to Abraham and all the descendants that would follow. He remembers who you are and what He's called you to. He remembers His plan for you. He remembers you each time you speak. I don't know about you, but I mean, have you ever been around somebody that's talking and you go, man, I don't want to hear this? Maybe today, okay. <laughs> what I'm saying is, you know, they're talking about stuff and you go, oh boy. I was watching, I was reading an article about the body language of people when you're speaking to them and they're not interested. They'll fold their arms or they'll watch you go, oh, oh. Or, or they roll their eyes or they look some other way or they're fiddling with their phone. They're, they, they really aren't interested in listening to you talk anymore. God's not that way. God listens. He leans in and wants every detail. Tell me what's on your mind. Tell me what's on your heart. Jeremiah 29 is a passage many of us are familiar with. For I know the plans I've made for you, declares the Lord. Plans, plans, we sing, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, right? Plans to give you hope and a future. What's that future look like? Well, one of the things the future looks like in God's plan is this in Jeremiah 29. When you call to me and pray to me, I will listen to you. You wonder if God's listening to you? He sure is. Oh, Tim, but you don't know. I'm a mess. I've been a bad guy. I've said some things. I've done some things. And God's, no, doesn't the Bible say if I've cherished sin in my heart, he wouldn't listen? I, I mean, are you cherishing it? Are you hold of it? Is that what you're saying? He isn't keeping score and going, well, if you, if you're good enough, I'll listen. See, my goodness doesn't make a difference when it comes to God hearing me. It's his goodness that determines that. His goodness. And so he listens. He goes, my goal, my my plan, one of the things I want to see happen is we'll have this, this kind of relationship where when you call on me, I will listen. I love this in Psalms 34. I cried out to the Lord in my suffering and He heard me. He set me free from all my fears. So was He praying while He was afraid? Oh, you can't be afraid when you're praying. you got to have faith. Well, that's why. No, no. <laughs> that's the reason I'm praying because I'm, fr- I'm frightened and I believe that God is going to help me that's a prayer of faith it's like to me it's like it's like talking to a friend I cried out you call somebody you got anybody on the phone you can call and say I need some help and they'll drop everything and be right there I got people like that that's how God is Psalms 34 Is anyone crying for help? God is listening, ready to rescue you. Like I said a minute ago, God cannot hear unspoken prayers. I don't know if if you've stopped praying about something, I want to encourage you to keep praying. Why? Because God is listening. Oh, I don't know if God's listening. That's one of the biggest discouraging things when you feel like God isn't listening. The truth is, He is listening. He even hears your silence. And He's ready to help when you cry out to Him. I can expect God to listen to me. Another thing I notice here in Exodus is I can expect God to speak. If I keep praying, I can expect God to speak. You know He's going to have something to say. He's going to reply. I I notice here in Exodus a cry going up to heaven, but a reply comes, comes down from His throne. And here in Exodus 14, look at what the, as they're praying, it says in Exodus 14, Then the Lord said to Moses, Why are you crying out to me? Tell the Israelites to move on. Raise your staff. Put your hand out there. Divide the sea. And they'll walk on dry ground. They're praying and, and God says, Okay, I've heard enough. Now I want to say something to you. I've got something to say to you. You've been talking to me. Now I want to talk to you. I want to tell you something. 
Some of the best teaching moments happen when you're in prayer. When you're talking to God, all of a sudden clarity comes. How's that possible? Well, how does He speak to you, Tim? Does He speak to you in a voice, in a small whisper? He speaks in so many ways. In so many ways. You ever had this happen? You hear or you visualize or you just you hear a sentence. I don't mean an audible Inside you, do that. Don't do that. Is that God speaking to me? I'd like to think so. Or there's a passage in Scripture that just leaps out. I just noticed something next week, you know, in, in, in Exodus 15 as I was reading it, that Moses refers, he says, the God of my Father. That he refers to the, he says, you're the God of my Father. It was passed on. What a legacy there. And I'm thinking about what am I passing on to my children, what, my boys, my men? What am I passing on to my grandkids? God, you're trying to talk to me? I'm, I'm trying to get ready for a sermon right now. I'm trying to get ready. I'm, there's plans to get, they're getting, I'm getting ready to come out and, 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 and you're talking to me now? <laughs> the nerve. That's what he does. Gives you a thought, an idea. You ever dream something? You think, why am I dreaming that? Well, it's been taught that, research that uh, you dream about what you think about a lot, lot. And if you're thinking about something and you, and God's speaking to you in a dream, well, you're thinking about God quite a bit. Praise God. If that's true. But I know God will speak to me so many different ways. He'll even use another person, Christian or pagan, to speak to me. And he'll even use those gnarly things on the side of the road every once in a while. Mm-mm-mm. Look what it says here in Psalms 99. Moses and Aaron were among his priests, as well as Samuel. They called to the Lord and he answered them. He spoke to them from the, from the pillar of cloud. You know, I realize something here is that when we call out to God, I should expect him to probably reply. He's going to say something to me. See, prayer is not a dictation. It's a dialogue. Prayer is not, okay, God, listen, uh, take notes. Do you write in shorthand? Does God write in shorthand? I wonder. Blah, 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 blah. Well, I'm done. Thanks a lot. Bye. Well, wait a minute. Wait a minute, Tim. What? Well, we're not done yet. Huh? Oh, yeah. I forgot to mention some other things. Sure. Da, da, da. And da, da, da. And da. No, 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 Tim. I got some things I want to say to you. It's a conversation. It's a dialogue. It's not a dictation. See, I say something, then God says something. Job discovered this one time. He discovered it wasn't, it wasn't a dictation. It was a conversation. If you remember the book of Job, he's going through the ringer. He loses his family. He loses his fortune. He's, he's physically just destroyed right now. He's got boils all over him. He's a mess. His friends, his friends come over and they're not encouraging. If Job, you've done something, deserve this. You've done something to make this happen. Your string of bad luck is because you are bad luck. Something's happened, Job. He goes, I don't know what it is. Oh, you're full of pride, Job. No, I really don't know what it is. Oh, you're blind, Job. I really don't know what it is. Oh, it's got to be. Because God is really putting a hammer on you, buddy. And he's thinking, and he's thinking, and he's thinking. And next thing you know, in Job uh, chapter 30, he starts. he finally says something. I cry out to you for help, God. But you don't answer. I stand up and pray. But you don't pay attention to me. One translation says, you don't even look at me and acknowledge me. It's like you're ignoring me. Job is feeling like, where's God? You won't even talk to me. You won't speak to me. Now I'm praying. It's like I'm not even here. Like I'm talking into the air. Huh? Anybody here felt like that? feel like all I'm doing, Tim, is just talking and it seems nothing is happening. But something is happening. God is listening. He really is. And He's about to tell you something. And you don't want to miss it. Don't end your prayers too soon. 
Don't end your prayers too soon. Eight chapters later, God starts to speak. See, God don't speak when He's ready. And He was ready eight chapters later. Look what it says there in Job 38. Then the Lord spoke to Job out of the storm, out of the thunder, out of the lightning, out of the crisis. God speaks. He speaks out of the storm. Why? Why out of the storm? Why out of, why is he speaking to Job? Because really, God has Job's attention then. Now, do I believe God will speak to me whether or not, uh, you know, he has my attention? Yeah, but it sure works out better when he does have my attention. And he speaks to Job. And it's in this storm. I don't know why, but I think about Forrest Gump and Lieutenant Dan. I just can't help it when I think about storms and God moments. You know the story, how it goes. You know, Forrest is at church and he's been praying, you know, because the shrimping business isn't very good. And finally they're out there and they got two shrimp and he says, well, Gump, where's this God you keep talking to? And he says, just about then, God decided to show up. Remember, they kind of look up and there's a pop of a wind and it's... <laughs> and it's a hurricane. Next thing I know, Lieutenant Dan is up in the crow's nest. He is screaming and cussing and yelling. Come on, God! It's you and me! It's about time! It's time to happen right now! Come on! You'll never sink this ship! <laughs> Remember? Oh, it's crazy! The storm's going, everything's crazy! And what? And it, remember, it, remember what he says? It finally goes, you know, Lieutenant Dan finally made his peace with God. But it took going through that storm. You don't think God hears you when you're going, ha ha! What are you doing? I don't like this. Yeah, he's listening. But he's going to speak to you. He's going to respond to you. Psalm says, Open your ears, God, to my prayer. Don't pretend you don't hear me knocking. Come close and whisper your answer. I really need you. God hears prayers like that. He hears prayers like that. And if you're going through a crisis, I want to say right now, now is the time and it's the right time to be praying and keep praying. Don't let it discourage you. Don't let it stop you. I just don't feel like it's it's making any difference. It is making a huge difference. It's making a huge difference. It's also the perfect time to listen for what God's going to say to you. He may say, it's time to move. Take that step. It's time to stop. You know, what is it in Joshua? Is it Joshua? On Joshua 7? They, they go to Ai and remember they get routed by this little, little rinky dink town. Their army gets, and remember Joshua is like, I can't believe everybody's crying and wailing. And, and God speaks to Joshua and says, get up off your face. What's Joshua doing? He's praying. He says, Stop praying. You got sin in the camp. You need, if you're going to stop praying, make it so that God can talk. Let Him speak. He wants to speak to you this morning. He wants to speak to you in your storm. He wants to speak to you when you pray. Now, He may not speak to you right away. I've got to admit, there's times I think, God, you know, when are you going to talk? It's kind of like, you know, will you, where are you? I really need you, like David here. Would you just whisper the answer? Tell me what to do? Show me the way here? And you think, is, why does He do it right away? He may not do it right away, but I guarantee you, He will. And He may not do it in the way you want Him to. Or say the way you want to hear. But He will speak question is, will you be ready to hear? Because all you need to do is keep praying and just wait. The Lord, it says here, the Lord says, if someone trusts me, I will save them. I'll protect my followers who call on me for help. When my followers call to me, I will answer them. I'll be with them when they're in trouble. I'll rescue them and honor them. This morning, I want to ask you a simple question. What has God been trying to say to you? Because he's, he's speaking to you. He's trying to get your attention. He's trying to say something to you. 
What will it be? What is he trying to say that would change everything? You call out and you pray to him. You trust him. He says, I will answer. He won't leave you in a lurch. So I can expect God to hear me. I can always expect him to listen to me. And I can expect him to speak to me when I'm praying in a crisis. And the last thing I notice is I keep praying in my difficulties. If I do and when I do, I can expect God to act. I can expect him to do something. Years later, an eyewitness of the Red Sea would speak to a whole new generation of followers. They're in the promised land. They've settled in the promised land. And Joshua would remember the Red Sea and he'd begin to reflect. And he would say, this is what the Lord says. If you read Joshua 24, he'd say, by the way, this is what the Lord says. Your forefathers lived over here. Abraham and his dad lived over here. But I brought them into the land of Canaan. In other words, your ancestors have been here before. He goes, I led Abraham and I led, I led Isaac and then Jacob comes along and I, and I, and, and he go, ends up in, in Egypt. And, and then there was a, a cry from Egypt. So I sent Moses to deliver them. And I brought your fathers out of Egypt. And then he says these words in verses six or seven. But when they arrived at the Red Sea, the Egyptians chased after them with chariots and cavalry. Then Israel cried out to me, and I put darkness between them and the Egyptians. I brought the sea crashing in upon the Egyptians, drowning them. You saw what I did, and it dawned on me. Who saw that? I thought only uh, Joshua and Caleb were the survivors of, you know, after they wandered around for 40 years. And I realized the kids, the little kids were there and saw it. The kids saw it. He goes, you saw what, God said, you saw what I did, right? Yeah, I remember. I was five. I'll never forget that. Or I was seven. And I saw something crazy happen at the Red Sea. I'll never forget that. What did you notice? He said, remember, they, your forefathers cried out to me and I heard and I did something about it. And I will do the same for you. That's what he's saying. That's the context of this here. That I'll move in around behind you. That I'll protect you. That I'll keep leading you. And I will destroy your enemy. And I will provide a way for you. When you cry out to me. And I want to say to you this morning, generations later, a new generation in this church, when you cry out, God hears you and will do something about it. He will act. James 5 promises this. The earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power and produces wonderful results. What's earnest mean? Serious, intense, and deep. What's he saying? He's saying great things happen through serious, intense, and deep prayer. The Red Sea, Israel is praying and God starts moving. Now i got to tell you something. Here's my dilemma. I've preached all this this morning. And i got a problem. Because I know many of you might be thinking this. Well, yeah, that's if you're really faithful and you're a really good person and you're really following the Scriptures and you're not doubting and you don't have any fear going on. Then God hears me. Then then God speaks to me. And then God acts. I'm here to tell you, I don't know if that's true. This is my dilemma. Israel is praying, if you remember in Exodus 14. They, they cry out to the Lord. Then they turn to Moses and say, why did you bring us out here? Something's wrong here. God help us, Moses! Why did you bring us out here to die? Aren't there enough graves in Egypt now? You gotta, we're gonna have graves out here in the desert. We told you to leave us alone. We told you to back up. No, you gotta keep coming down on us. And you got, you made us come out here. Oh, wait a second. 
See, when I read that passage, I used to read it this way. And the Israelites cried out to God, Oh God, save us and help us. And I don't, didn't read on. The next, I mean, the next sentence, they're complaining. What's that tell me about their prayer? This is my dilemma. Do they have doubts? Are they praying but not believing God is going to do anything? Is it possible to pray and, and have doubts? Well, yeah, I do that every day. Is it possible to pray and have fear? Yeah. Is it possible to pray and have sin? Yeah. How does well, God, you shouldn't be answering this prayer because everything I've been taught says you don't listen to people like that. And I got proof text and I can go, I can make them almost, you know, fit in there. What's happening here? This is my problem. Because sometimes I'm praying out of fear. Sometimes I'm praying out of insecurity. Sometimes I'm praying, I'm praying out of immaturity. Sometimes I'm praying with a few doubts in the back of my mind. I don't think I'm the only one in this room that does that. Am I right? And how could God answer this prayer? See, at the root, at the root, guys, I believe the root, at least I can only admit in my prayer life, when it's not doing like it needs, it's not where it needs to be, it's because I down deep inside am wondering if it's going to do any good. Or is it really necessary? Or does it really matter? And it does. It does. Even the fumbling, bumbling, well, I don't have the words right. It don't, you don't have to have a perfect prayer for God to work. You don't, you, you, don't, you don't have to be a perfect person for God to work. God worked in these complainers. He said, so it's okay to complain? No, it's not okay to complain. Of course not. You don't get a pass for that. It just, what does that show me? It just shows me how awesome and good God is when I'm not. And, you know, listen, if you're counting on your own goodness, you're going to be one frustrated person. But you can count on God's goodness. That He will answer prayer from a flawed sinner, from an inconsistent person with flaws and immaturity and screwed up. He answers those prayers. And see, and listen, listen to me. Just think about this for a second, okay? Because I, I, I wrestled through this. This was the part I wanted to get. I really wrestled through this. So what are you saying, Tim? Are you saying that when I pray, I, 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 you're saying it's okay to be afraid? I'm saying you're going to be afraid sometimes. You're going to be discouraged sometimes. That's probably why you're praying. But can I tell you that when you turn and start praying to God, have more confidence in the power of God than in the power of that problem. Have more confidence in the mighty act of God than what's going to happen to you. What God can make happen. Be excited about that. Focus on that. Because when you focus on this, what's going to happen to me? You're going to be miserable. You're not going to be like, no wonder, no, I got, no wonder Moses says, or God says to Moses, everybody needs to calm down and shut up. It just reveals what it reveals about me and reveals about you that our faith sometimes is just so weak. And how do I, but so what are you trying to say, Tim? Oh, I'm such a bad person. I have a weak faith. No, just admit you got weak faith and start, just say, I'm going to start believing that God can do something rather than worrying about what the problem's going to do to me. Years ago, years ago, wow. Wow. 1977. I can't believe that music from the 70s is classic now. Wow. Kid uh, growing up on a farm in Golden Gate meets a girl from Bone Gap, Illinois. We both go to church. But she's more serious. She's pretty serious. 
She shows me verses in the Bible that I've never seen before. How did I miss these? I've read these. I've really never thought and dwelled on these. So I'd pray over these passages. She'd give me a list or she'd encourage me. I'd go to church with her. And we start studying the Bible together. And I realize I got some things God wants me to do that I haven't done. But I'm stubborn. See, I'm a gill. And it's probably just a gill trait. Pride. Not in your family. You know, this Irish German in me is like fighting against, nobody's going to tell me what to do. Oh, you think you know everything, Denise. Or you think you know everything, Mike Napier. Blah, 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 blah. And I'd go to the services and I would listen to the sermon. I'd go, wow, 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 wow. I'd go home and I'd study it and go, maybe, oh, he didn't get that right. Oh, yeah, that's, oh, yeah, I see that. Oh, yeah, I see that. Finally, one day, um, Denise and I had been studying the Bible for two years. And I asked if I could go with her to a workshop in Williamstown, West Virginia. And so we go there. I don't, uh, Pat Casey was preaching. Now, well, most of you don't even know who he is. He looked like um, uh, the Count from Sesame Street. Looked just like him. Okay. He looked just like the kind of evil looking, yeah. But he, from Millington, Tennessee, and he's preaching. And then they have the invitation. And I am just, I'm doing this. I don't know, something's working on me. I know what I need to do. And I'm just, oh man. And one by one, people that are sitting next to me, all from Denise's church, are going, responding to the invitation. And the way they did it is, you know, they had a song, and people would come down, and they'd sit in chairs in the rows. And there's like 20 rows of chairs, because there's thousands of people there. And I'm thinking, wow, they're expecting something to happen. And sure enough, people are starting, and I'm sitting there, and Everybody's leaving. Jeff Etson is standing right here next to me. And I'm going, oh God, how do I get from here to there without anybody knowing? That's what I'm thinking. I look down and I see Mike Napier and he's way down there by that second speaker, you know, and still see him. And he's like, I go, what's he doing? His lips are moving. What's he, is he praying? That's just as I am in the third verse, you know, and man, something's just working on me like crazy. I don't know. I can't explain it. I just feel like something's just working on me. Oh. And Jeff Edson puts his arm around me and goes, Hey, Tim. He talked with a lisp like Sylvester. Hey, Tim. Why don't we go down there? What do you think? And I go, well, Jeff, <laughs> I, don't, I go, yeah, I'm ready to go. And I said this, I'll never forget, I said, I'm tired of running. And so we walk down and, and we're going, you know, down, walking, there's a lot of people, you know, wow, there's a lot of sinners here needing help. I'm not alone, that's nice. And then I walk down this row and I sit down and I happen to sit right behind Denise. What are the odds of that? And she looks back at me and puts her hand, reaches, and I pulled her hand. We just start bawling because I know what's, what's going to happen. I'm about to really get serious about following Christ and Satan's going to unleash everything he can to try to stop me. Years later, I asked Mike Napier, I said, Mike, you know, we talked about that moment. I said, what were you doing? Because, oh, Tim, I was over there praying, God. Tim, look at him. He's standing there. You've got to get him to move, Lord. Got to get him to move. Would you do something? Your Holy Spirit needs to work on this man. Work on his heart. He knows what he needs to do. I go, that explains a lot. What's going on with me? Because it felt like just... And he goes, and Tim, I kid you not. I go, Lord, make him move right now. And he goes, I open one eye and I look over and you're moving. I'm like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. God answered prayer like he was surprised. (laughs) We're having a uh, root beer riot at the campus. It's a storm coming. A big major storm's coming. My cell phone rings. I'm on my way carrying grills and all kinds. Lord knows what else. My truck is packed. It's my wife. Tim Gill, are you there? Well, yeah, you know me. I'm Tim. You call me Tim Gill. Tim Gill, are you praying? 
Huh? Are you praying? Because I'm, he starts crying. I'm praying. It's going to rain this thing out. We got to, we got to have good weather. Tell me you're praying. You better be praying. Tell me you're praying. I'm praying. Yes, ma'am. Don't you understand? There's campus students that need to know the Lord. And this could be the first time they meet some Christian. You, you, are you praying? Because we got to have good weather. And I'm like, Okay, 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 I'll pray. I'll, I'll be praying all the way. Okay, she hangs up. Probably to call and harass somebody else. So I'm, I'm praying, Lord, you know. But I'm not feeling like maybe that's going to happen. I'm kind of like the Israelites. Lord, make it stop. Don't make it rain. Let, let, please do something. Man, I'm carted all this stuff all the way over here for nothing. Going to rain us out. Man, this is crazy. Lord, please do something. Oh, this is ridiculous. You know, I could be home watching TV right now. We get there. We start unpacking. The clouds are coming. More and more clouds. And I kid you not, it's the weirdest thing. And then I watch them kind of start moving. I kid you not. And one go, clouds are this way, and clouds are this way. And, it, and we see sky. And stars that night and moonlight, I'm going, and then we go, we go, we have our root beer riot. And we, some of you remember that? We, we pack up and as we leave, drip, 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 starts to rain. One time back here at the fair, we were having a fair. Remember Matt Schilling? Thank you, Jesus! He'd say, you know, during the sermon. Way to go, Jesus! It's, we're, got this big fair set up, and here comes the rain clouds again. We got it on the, on the phone. Look, the clouds are coming. This is bad. What are we gonna do? And Matt Schilling goes, Tim, we need to pray. Oh, we need to pray. I'm going, okay, we can, well, I guess we can pray. Come on! You're a pastor! Let's pray! So we get in a circle. I'm thinking, what am I gonna pray about? God, uh, would you please, uh, Move the clouds and man goes, let them move, Lord, let them move. Would you please hold the rain back? Like Elijah, Lord, like Elijah, who coughs all your rain, didn't rain. I'm going, are you wanting to pray or what are you doing? And we pray. Some of you were there. I got my iPad right here. What's it doing? The clouds are moving. Prayer. Of a righteous person has great power and produces wonderful results. Now I don't know. I'm just I'm just talking about weather here. I've watched the weather change. You say, well, the weather changed anyway. It's a coincidence. I don't know. Three times I've prayed about the weather change. Yet I'm three for three. Three for three. And all I can say, church, is there are there's great power in prayer. God will do something. God will do something. Even when I'm not that great at praying about it. Even when I'm not that good. God, listen, you can always count this. God will listen to you. God is going to speak to you. And He will act. You may not like what He does sometimes. But He will act. Then they cried, it says in Psalms 107, out to the Lord in their trouble. And He brought them out of their distress. He stilled the storm to a whisper. The waves of the sea were hushed. Oh, that's what happened to the disciples. Yeah, but it happened before. It happened before. He can still the waves. The the winds and the waves still obey His will. And when we cry out to Him in our trouble, um, He will bring us out of our our distress as well. And calm our storm. Here's a bold, bold promise Jesus makes as I close. In John 14 here. He says, and if you ask for anything in my name, I will do it for you. That's a pretty, pretty bold promise, wouldn't you say? You say, well, yeah, it says anything, but Tim, I've asked, I said, well, anything in my name. What do you mean with his authority? Yeah, if you're going to have his authority, you're going to think of what he wants and what his will is. Remember Jesus one time prayed, Lord, is there any way to take this cup from me? Is he praying out of the will of God? You make the call there. Is Jesus saying, I said, God, Father, Father, you sent me 
to die for all mankind. Is there any way to get out of this? Sounds like he's just asking. And thank God it doesn't end there, huh? He says, but not my will, but yours be done. He's praying like that. Lord, you do it. Father, you do it. If this is what you're wanting, then this is what you're going to get. And you do it. When you're praying, I ask myself this when I'm praying, is it for me? Is it for the Lord? Is it got my name on it or His name on it? Is it something He wants that He's, these deals with what He's making and trying to do? Or is it what Timmy wants and what Timmy's trying to do? And what Timmy desires? I know this, when I pray in His name with what He wants in my life, He does it every time. I know that's a true promise. I've yet to be disappointed. So this morning, if you're going through a tight spot, you're going through a tough time, apply rule number four. When you're going through a crisis, pray, pray, pray. Because God is listening. He will listen to you. And He will speak to you. Be ready. He's going to say something to you. He's going to say something to you this week. And He's going to do something about it. He makes that promise. And He makes it good every time. You have a card in your bulletin. And it's a response card this morning. And, you know, I hope you're encouraged by today's lesson. I know some of you here wonder if God hears you. He's listening. He wants to hear from you more. He wants to hear from you more. My mother never says, you've called me too much this week, Tim. I'm going to hang up. And her love is limited. You know what I'm saying? God's love is limitless. His goodness is incredible. And He always wants to hear from you. He's never too busy. He never tires of what you have to say. If you're going through a crisis... Why not make a decision? Why not make a commitment? I'm really going to be talking to God about this. I'm not going to stop praying about it. But I'm also going to start listening to when He has to speak. Maybe that's what you ought to put in your card. You know, I'm praying, but I'm not listening. And I'm going to start listening as I pray. I'm going to start listening when I get done talking to hear God's reply. And God, would you give me kind of a keen outlook, a way to see what you're doing? Because He says, I will be glorified. My will will be done. And may God bless you to see that, be able to experience that in a very special way. So we're going to sing a song, give you a chance to, um, to fill out that card. And then we're going to take up those cards after this song and along with our contribution and, um, and, and our service will be over. God bless you. May Thanksgiving be a time where you can thank God where you can talk to God about what you're going through and be thankful that He listens. Let's, uh, let's pray. Father, thank You for... Thank You, Father, for listening. Not everybody listens to me. Not everybody listens to each of us here. You know, we got people that just... You know, if we're on the radio, they turn to another channel. But Father, You always are listening. And Father, right now we're thinking about the trouble that we're in. Family trouble. Financial trouble. Father, some of it's just physical. Some of it's emotional. We're thinking of that problem right now. And Father, like the Egyptians in that great army, we see them and we're terrified. We see it and we don't like it. And Father, our feeble prayer, we cry out to You, but then we grumble. So, Father, we do pray that You will hear us. We know You're concerned about what's happening. And we pray, Father, that through Your mighty power, You can work good from whatever is happening to us today. Father, we listen. We open our ears and our heart to You. What are You wanting to say? Would you whisper the answer in our ear? What we really need to do right now. 
And Father, we pray You'll open a path. Maybe it's out of a temptation. You promise that. That You provide a way out. Maybe that's the path You have for some of us here. Maybe the path is an opportunity to touch a life during the holidays. Father, maybe it's just getting back on the path. We hear the, the rumble strip. And You're wanting us just to, to turn a little bit and adjust and get back on Your path. Father, do something. Do something to each of us. God, we really need You. We really do. You're so powerful. You're so amazing. Do Your work. Let Your will be done. Here on earth, as easily as it is done in heaven, let it be done here too. Let it be done in our hearts. We pray in Christ's name. Amen.